that the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you something. And I have to be honest with you, he didn't tell me anything that he'd never told me before. So as I'm arguing, because, you know, this is Sunday, I've got to work on Sunday, I've got to work on Monday, I've got to work on Tuesday, I've got to get the scriptures in by Tuesday. You, know, you think of all these stupid things why you can't do something. And, and the Lord just said, you know, the Holy Spirit just said, I'm not going to tell you anything new. <laughs> I've been telling you this, you know. And so I had to, I had to be quiet, and I had to listen and as I was, and, and you, as you try to talk with the Lord, because I, I was just kind of thinking this way, okay. Um, okay, how is the devil stepping on me? You know, and you, and you kind of rationalize things. You know, you kind of think, well, I, you know, because I've had bad times. <laughs> you know, I've gone through some stuff. I'm not going through any stuff right now. You know, uh, uh, it's a blessing. And so it's easy to kind of think when you're not going through stuff, you can get a little bit last. When you're in battle, you can't get last. But when things are going pretty good, you put up with some stuff that you shouldn't be putting up with. And, um, and then I heard in my spirit, I, I'm gonna, uh, I wrote this down, I'm going to read this. It says, catch the foxes. It's the little foxes that ruin the vineyard, and your vineyards are in bloom. Now, that's in Solomon. That's, we're not going to go there, because that's the only sentence really there is. But, okay, he's talking to me about the foxes. Okay. He doesn't say, just get the big foxes. All the foxes. You're missing the little ones. You're letting the little ones get through. And I don't think I'm the only one that's letting the little ones get through. And I think that's why I'm sharing it, you know, this with you tonight. And it's kind of funny. I had, actually, enough for two lessons. And I had to chop a bunch off. You know, you get spoiled when you teach Sunday school because you can, if you don't finish your lesson, it just goes on to lesson number two. You don't finish it, it becomes lesson number three. And so, the Holy Spirit is telling me, and he's telling everyone, wake up up wake up don't let the little foxes steal or ruin or just move stuff around you know may not take anything (laughs) but it can affect the bloom you know so just because you're not lacking doesn't mean you don't have need (laughs) it's a very complacent way of thinking and, and then as I, and I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but then he, he just, so I was like, okay, Lord, but how do I do this? You know, how do I stop letting the foxes get in? And he said something to me. He says, um, um, stop being a half full person. And, and you, uh, well, half, half, half glass full person. And you, we all know the, par- you know, the parable, or the, or not the parable, but the, the analogy or the metaphor that the, the, you know, the water in the glass represents good things. And so the person that sees the glass as half empty is a pessimist. And they, and they always look at the things that they don't have. And a lot of pessimists, you're, they're kind of miserable people. And then you've got the half full people, and I'm a half full person. So I look at what I have, and I'm thankful for what I have. And you, know, and you think that's pretty good, because in, when you look in the world... I appeared, I'm more happy than those, those half-glass people are always complaining. 
you know, so are you telling me <laughs> to be a half-glass person? And, and, the, and the Spirit said, no, it's, it served you well in the world and with people. Uh, but um, I am going to cry. He said, I am the great I am. I am the God of overflow. I fill to the brim. I'm going to say it again. God says, I am the God. I am the great I am. I am, I am the God of overflow. I fill to the brim. If I'm, if I'm satisfied with a half a glass of what God gives me, that's the problem. You know, Roy talked about our inheritance. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> am I settling for half of my inheritance? Because, now let me, God's good. <laughs> and that's good. But God didn't go through all of that to give me half. You know? Um, and, you know and I think that um, that's where I let the foxes come in. So the foxes look cute. <laughs> you know, they don't look dangerous. You know, I'm doing good. You little foxes, you can take some of my food. I've still got plenty. <laughs> you know, that's not the way to think. You know, if I have extra, I need to be given to somebody else, not letting the devil come steal it. And that's what it is. You know, you've got to look at what God's... We need to get serious about what God has given us. And Roy did an excellent job in, in, in telling us about our inheritance. And that's wonderful. And it's great to have the head knowledge, but we can't go back to our homes or to our jobs and, and settle for half a glass of the inheritance. And, and I think a lot of times, a lot of people don't really know how the enemy comes at them. The, the influences in our lives. Um, um, I have found that I give the enemy too much access to my thought life. Doesn't mean thinking about bad stuff. But, you know, I, but I give it too much access. And, and when you look at it in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the 10th, 10th chapter, starting with the 4th verse, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I don't bring every thought into captivity. There are times that I... Uh, I do, you know, when I'm studying, when I'm praying, you know, I, I do, you know, so you can get yourself kind of tricked saying, well, I do that. Do I do it all the time? No. You know, I haven't really given much thought to what I think about. That's funny. You know, <laughs> you know I hadn't given much thought about it. I just think whatever I want to think. <laughs> I want to think about this, you know. There was a wasp in my office. Okay, there's a wasp. Wonder how it got there. What the other, you know, you know. I mean, your, your your mind can just go all over the place. So it doesn't have to be bad stuff. You know, you can get you can get stuck trying to figure out where that where that that wasp came in, and get distracted from what you're supposed to be doing. You know, 
But, you know, but, but you know, this is, the, this is like the third wasp I've seen come into the place. I've got to do something right now. That was not the time to think about it. I needed to be thinking on, it's, it's, it's the little distractions. We allow ourselves to get distracted. And I do it. I can't, I, it's just the strangest thing. You know, have you ever, are you someone that you'll be talking about something, making a very good point, and then someone says something, and then you go on and you forget what you were going to do? You get distracted. And we need to be a little bit more, fo- you know, God's telling me that I need to be a little bit more focused. And like I said, I'm not thinking about bad things. For the most part, I have a pretty innocent way of thinking about things. You know, I haven't been exposed to a lot of evil. Praise God. So the purity in my thoughts aren't because, oh, I'm so great. <laughs> it's just I haven't been exposed to it. Praise God. My parents protected me. Things in my life protected me. I got born again at a young age. All things that help protect me so I don't have to deal with some of the things that other people have to deal with. So therefore, I can, I can think that I don't have to worry about what I think about because I'm not thinking about anything bad. <laughs> but I might be thinking about what I lie. And some lies, you don't know they're lies. Some lies are wrapped in, in a little bit of truth. And so I... Um, you know, I, I, and, and the, the devil kind of gave me a mental picture of what I do. You know, say the enemy shoots a dart, you know, and it hits me in the head. You know, and I know it's from the enemy. I pull that dart out. And I, you know, but I leave the hole. <laughs> I leave the hole. I leave the wound there. So it's real easy that you don't even need a, <laughs> a, a hard-hitting dart to hit that. It, it, it can be sensitive. And I need, I need to, when the enemy fires a fiery dart at me, I need to not just yank that thing out. I don't receive it. You go back to where you came from. i got to find a scripture to fill that hole up. Because if I don't fill that hole up, guess what? The devil's darts, he said, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll get a little bit deeper. And, and it's, 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 it's so subtle because it doesn't really hurt. The first little doesn't really hurt. But the fifth and sixth time you hear it, it might, you might give it more value. And you might start believing that that's true. So when it first hits you, you know that's a lie. Hit you again. That's a lie. Hit you again. Ooh, maybe there's a little truth to this. No, 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 no. It's all right. But he'll just wear you down. And that's what I've allowed to happen. I have allowed the enemy to come in through my thought life and wear me down in areas that I didn't know were important. The next thing you know, you wonder, where'd that come from? <laughs> I wouldn't taught that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but every time it comes a different angle, and then you, you just get, your, your mind just gets a little polluted, gets a little poison, you know, uh, a little leaven, leavens the whole thing. And I don't want my mind to be leavened because I'm not being careful about protecting my mind, protecting what I hear. Now, we know we're supposed to protect, you know, you, you, know, you get a cancer, we come against cancer, you know. Uh, you, you have an accident and break your leg, we're going to pray for that. You know, it's very rare that someone comes up and says, I need some prayer. I'm just thinking a little weird. <laughs> I can imagine if someone came up to me, you're thinking weird? Okay, what, like, what kind of weird stuff? Is your definition of weird the same as my definition of weird? You know, and 
But we need to fight it before it leavens the lump. And we need to deal with the wound, even if it seems superficial. And that's what he is, he's telling me. And so when you go to... Um, um, you know, some of the things that the enemy, enemy tells everybody different things. You know, the enemy will tell you things like, well, you know, we all know this, you reap what you sow. You sow that mess, you're going to reap that mess, right? You sow good, you're going to get good. You sow bad, you're going to get bad. You know, that makes sense, doesn't it? It, it makes sense, and we need to be careful about what we sow. What, but what we do is not more powerful than what God can do. Think about this. Israel, you look at all God's people, they sowed a bunch of bad stuff. Could you imagine if, 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 Paul, if God just said to Paul, you know what, you killed one Christian too many. <laughs> you sowed too much of that, therefore... See, the God that we serve has so much grace, okay, that he, when you, it says we are redeemed. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it says that we have been redeemed from those things. We think, okay, I've been redeemed, okay, that's great, but then now I got to fix it. And guess what happens? You fix it, who gets the credit? I'll take, I take the credit for God all the time, you know? especially when I was younger. So if you fix it, you get, you, you get the credit for it. Now, it, it doesn't mean God might give you, tell you what to do to help you fix something. You know, I'm know, I, I, getting off my notes here. I know that uh, uh, Mark had some serious IRS problems, and we had a, a lien on our house for $130,000. And uh, at that point, because of all the medical bills, we didn't have enough money to bury Mark. And one of the things is that when you're, when you're in the fire, you're like, you're in there with God. You know? So believe it or not, I wasn't stressing out too much about that. But I, I went to my pastor about it. I didn't want to uncover Mark. I went to the, my pastor about it, and he told me what to do. And we prayed, and we prayed that we would speak to a, a nice IRS person. And I know I've told this story before, but God gave me instruction on what to do. I did what he told me to do, and the lien got removed. You know, I've shared that, and I have people coming up and say, Oh, i got tax issues. Can you help me? Okay. I don't know how to fix tax issues. I, I, I just did what the Lord told me to do. I wanna, if you do... What the Lord tells you to do, he can get you out of that mess that you did. If you think that you have to clean it up by yourself, because since you got yourself into this mess, God ain't going to help you until you get yourself out of this mess, then it's gonna, it's, you're going to find yourself doing the same thing over and over again, because you'll get yourself out of that mess. And because you just pulled out, you just pulled out the dart, left the hole. It'll come; those things can come back. And and praise God that that I learned some things through that. I did things I did not want to do. 
I got insulted. I was told by one person that I was a thief or stupid or my husband was. I got, you know, I did not like that. But, you know, the thing kept going in my mind is I prayed with my pastor. And my pastor told me what to do. And when he told me what to do, it ministered to my spirit. My spirit did one of those flips. And I knew. Okay. And, and when I called the IRS, that's when I hung up and crying because they, they, they called me a thief and everything else, you stupid thief. And, but, okay. That night, I waited all day to pray because I was pretty upset because it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. You know, and, and when I started to pray, I was like, no, the pastor told me what to do. I did that. I'm going to call again and pray that I speak to somebody else. The next person I spoke to is the one that had mercy on me. That's the one that helped me figure out all the tax issues, and I got money back from 2005. In 2016, I got money back from 2005. When I was talking to a tax consultant you know, at, the, at the IRS about another question I had, when they pulled my file, she, she kept saying, What's, what is it? What? She kept going, what? 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 I don't understand this. I don't, you know. And finally I said, what's wrong? You know? And she says, we gave money back to you? We don't do that. And she's like, why? And I said, God. And she said, sure, hey, honey, it has to be God. <laughs> I said, yeah. But I'm just telling you, I wasn't planning on sharing that story, but we all have little things in our lives. We don't have to be an expert. We don't have to get, get cleaned up for God to use us. If we wait to get cleaned up for God to use us, we won't get used. And if we wait to get cleaned up, if we, if we clean ourselves up before God uses us, guess what? We're full of pride. <laughs> and what comes before a fall? <laughs> You know, so we have to be very careful what we do. So we have to guard our minds. And so I want to go to, to Peter 5, 8. You know, uh, five, chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in, in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are ex- experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Okay. We're all going through stuff. We're not special. You know, something happens, and my situation's different. You don't know. My mama beat me. My mama did this. My mama did that. Da, 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 da. But your daddy is the great I am. And if you keep submitting yourself to what your mama did to you, you're not going to receive what your daddy, the great I am, has done for you. We have to be willing to let go of those foxes. By then, it's a big fox. But you still got to get rid of the foxes in, in your thinking. Okay, back to verse 10. It says, But may the God of all grace, who called us into eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after, after we have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory in the dominion forever and ever. Amen. When he does it, he gets the glory. 
you know, the, the word vigilant, it, it comes from, from a Greek meaning. It, 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 the Greek meaning is to, 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 to uh, be, put your guard up, you know, to uh, be watchful, to be attentive. Don't be sleepy, <laughs> you know. Don't slumber, you know. Don't get too comfortable. Get your guard up. And it's not a bad thing to have your guard up. So it can be fun, to be honest with you. Um, and you say, what? It can be. I, mean, I used to play, soft, I used to play semi-professional softball, believe it or not. Anheuser Busch was our, our sponsor. This is before they had, how old I am, before they had professional softball. So you, I couldn't afford to do it for very long because I had to get a real job. But our pitcher, she was she was huge. She was she was, she was like six some six six two, or six three six three, and her average speed of throwing the ball was about fifty five to sixty five. I mean, and she had a lot of movement on the ball. Her fastball, one time we clocked it at eighty, but a lot of times her fastball was in the high seventies. I mean, she was and she was tall, and the mounds in softball and the bases in softball aren't as close as as. Um, they are in, in baseball. And so I played third base for a while. And I had to know what that pitcher was throwing. I had to be watchful. Because it was a life and death thing. Have you ever seen a pitcher get hit in the face with a ball? I'll never forget that sound. And that was over 30 years ago that I heard that sound. I still, you know. But, but I would stand. The bases are like 60 feet. And I would stand more than halfway up. So I'd be about 20 feet, you know, knowing that my pitcher is throwing a ball that could be 80 miles an hour. Being that close, you had to react fast. I was on guard. I wasn't afraid. I was on guard. I was alert. And I had fun. I had to practice. You know, I had to, we did drills and different things. It can be fun to get in the word and get on guard. It can be fun to say, oh, the devil tried to do this to me, but he didn't. (laughs) I mean, that is fun when you see that the word works. We get shocked sometimes, but isn't it fun? We high-five everybody when, 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 when God's word works. It should work all the time. It doesn't work all the time because we're not diligent all the time. Or it doesn't work all the time with me. I'm saying we, but I don't think I'm that much different than the rest of you guys. Okay. So, and the so, and when you look at being, um, it also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of go down a little bit further in my notes, but also it's you know the person that's watchful, they're making a pledge to be wide awake, to be on the lookout, and they treat it like you know, you can't get in my territory. You know, and um, when you have that that attitude, it's not a tiresome thing. It's not a tedious thing. It is just you are aware of what's going on. And you got to be in contact with God. And so, you know, why not ask the Lord, what should I be thinking about? (laughs) What should I be thinking about? If you're in that kind of communication with the Lord, The Lord might say to you, you know what? Back around the corner, you need to tend to that. You know what? Now is the time to deal with those wasps or whatever that, you know, whatever I think is a wasp. 
you can, you can have him direct you. And you don't get weary that way. See, I get weary when I'm trying to do what I think the Lord wants me to do. Okay? Well, it's, it's nice to be nice. It's nice to do good things. But are you getting tired out over here not doing what you're supposed to be doing? Good things. And then when it comes time for you to be in a battle, you're too weary and you too, you're too tired to, to, for that battle. We get distracted with a lot of things. And, 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 and the word wouldn't tell us to be vigilant. It would not tell us to be sober. The word does not tell us to do things we can't do. So if it seems like the word is telling you to do something impossible... Ask God to give you understanding. Ask for wisdom in this area. Sometimes you don't know the state you're in until you get out of that state. I'm going to say that again. You don't know how bad things are because it's suddenly. See, the little fox gets in, does a little something, okay, and he does a little more. And he does a little more. So the enemy knows if he came, if he came at you, booba, you know, you'd say, no, that's the devil. But little foxes come in and they start nipping at the bloom. Okay, you don't really realize it too much because you still got, you still, it's still, your, your vineyard is still producing. But then maybe a year or two, maybe not that long, what's going on? Why is it not producing? Why is this so hard? It's not supposed to be hard. Now, it's hard when you do it in your own strength. But the word says, he says, my yoke is easy. So if it's easy, (laughs) why am I stressing out so much about all these things that really don't matter to anybody? You know, a lot, of, a lot of churches do a lot of good works, and they keep their people busy, you know, and they don't see a need of someone in their church because they're doing all kinds of stuff. Well, if you're busy doing this, you may not even hear the Holy Spirit say to you, i got to call so-and-so. You won't hear that. You'll have a thought like, oh, I'm so tired. I do so much for you, God, and now you want me to do one more thing. God said, no, I didn't tell you to do other stuff. I told you to do this one thing. <laughs> You're carrying a whole lot more than what I designed you to carry. You know, we, we all have been created special. We all have different gifts. And a lot of times we want to gravitate to, we say, oh, we, oh I love the way that they do that, you know. Oh, I, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Never think to ask God. Never think to ask God. I'm going to ask God more, you know. Or sometimes, have you, ever, have you ever felt guilty for not doing something? And it wasn't something you're supposed to do anyway. <laughs> but you felt guilty for not doing it? And even <laughs> one of your brothers and sisters might even put a little guilt on you. We're, <laughs> we could have used you, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And sometimes you can joke around, you can say some things. I'm not saying that that's not... We need to encourage one another. But we do need to make sure that we're taking on the job that he has given us to do. And we had to pray about it. And 
we need to have our own relationship. And if God tells you to do something, we can't let. If it doesn't make sense to somebody else, that's okay. That's their problem. It's, that's their problem. I want to say it again. What God tells you to do, the Word says that the world thinks it's foolishness. And sometimes people in the church think so too. You know, and so, and if God tells me to do something foolish and it works, it doesn't mean, oh, I work for Karen, I'm going to go do that too, you know. And then we get mad at God because it didn't work for me and it worked for Karen. What am I doing wrong? And guess what? You got a lot of foxes and little foxes in there um, in your vineyard and they're going after your bloom. Okay, I've got about 12 minutes. Good thing I have like two stop, stop, stopping places. So, um, so I, I don't want to say that you know, God's given us a license to sin. I don't want to say that you know, just because you know, we're redeemed from these things, that these things can still cause problems. A lot of problems that people have in the church is they will sin and it didn't affect anything. So what happened? They do it again. And that didn't affect anything. You know, and so they could do it for a year and not have any effects of it. But then a year down the road, something ain't working out and they don't know why. It could be that it could be that sin. And that sin doesn't have to be adultery, homosexuality. That that sin could be, I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> I'm going to do it for Jesus, but I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> well, that could be a form of re- rebellion. So we've got to be careful, you know, what we're listening to that's in our minds. And our minds don't always see things clearly, so we've got to make sure that it does line up with the Word. And, um, and, and just know this, that the enemy will come back and remind you of every, every mistake you ever made. You know, well... I could have been a better parent. You know, my kids wouldn't be going through this if I had done so-and-so. You know, oh, you know, I'm in this debt. You know, it's kind of funny. You're in debt, but the only way you get into debt is to spend money you don't have. <laughs> you know, that's the truth of the matter. You can't pretty, I mean, things can happen. I mean, you could have an accident and you lose, your, you know, things can happen that way. But most people don't get in debt because of accidents. Most people get into debt because they spend more money than they make. And they use credit cards to, to fill that void. And then that credit card bill gets huge. What a great scheme the enemy has done. Is it, a, is it a big deal to use a credit card for a while? No. But guess what happens? I bet you if you ask God what to do about your debt, I bet you he'll tell you, get yourself on a budget. And he'll probably tell you some very practical things. He'll probably tell you that you may not get to go to the spa as much. You may not get to have your lawn cut. You may not get to do all these things, okay, that we don't want. You know, I don't want to do that stuff. I like my spa. I like my nails and my pedicures. I love those, you know. And and you're going to tell me that that's going to get me out of debt. That's only, okay, that's a fox. A little box. And what happens is, you're not being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. He's telling you how to get out. 
that, I'm using that because that's a, that's a pretty, you know, uh, uh, but that's in everything. That's in, ev- in everything that you do. If you, how many times you've, I, I can't tell you how many times I've asked God to help me, and then he tells me what to do, and I don't want to do some of that stuff. <laughs> can't I just do it a different way? You know, and, and that's a fox. That's, that's a fox. So, and th- then what we do is we go to somebody, we go to man, because we want man, and there's programs, they'll sell you all kinds of stuff. Think about it. Who is, who is the person selling these schemes to get out of debt, best customers? The people that are in debt. <laughs> and so you have a lot of people that, that are, 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 are scheming against those people. That the crooks, a lot of times, go after those people. You don't, you don't realize this way of thinking affects all your finances. We think that we can protect, okay, I'll let God have this portion, but this portion is mine. Now, I believe that God wants me to get my nails done, so I'm not going to, until, until he tells me different. Okay, but there was a time when I went to Bible college, he did tell me to stop getting my nails done. He did. And I did it. And I had people say, oh, Karen, you don't have to stop doing that. You've had nails forever. And I said, no. He told me to do that. When I went to Bible college, it was funny. Um, I was willing to sell everything and live in like a, a two-bedroom apartment. I, that was my plan. And I go to Bible college and I'm trying to find this tube, you know, because if you love the Lord, you got to be willing to give up everything, right? You know, I'm going to give up everything. And so I'm looking and I'm looking, and, and all the apartments that I think they're in the price range we should have, they're scary apartments. There are some in Colorado Springs. That's not where we should be living. It wasn't in a good school. And I was taking my daughter out of private school. So I was just praying with the Lord one day, and the Lord just said very clearly, the Holy Spirit said to me, I didn't tell you to live in an apartment. I didn't tell you to get rid of your stuff. I mean, I had people earmarked for my stuff. They were very disappointed when I didn't take it, when I took it. And I just said, Lord, if I'm supposed to take all this stuff with me, then you're going to help me find a place that will fit it all. Joy went there. Everything fit. Didn't fit, you know, it looks okay, but, you know. But I didn't get rid of everything. He didn't tell me to. Now, I don't know what would have happened if I would have gotten rid of everything. I don't know. But I can tell you, <laughs> I'm using some of that stuff today. I didn't have to buy that stuff when I moved back to Houston. So praise God. I think we need to not just, you know, not our own plan. And praise God, you can, you, you can be walking this direction because you're doing this for God, you're doing this for God, and then something kind of, a foot kind of goes and say, should I be doing this? Stop. Repent. Go back. It's that simple. You know, when you think about repenting, we think, oh, repenting is, oh, so I've got to sit there and say, you know, say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. And after you feel bad for a while, then God's going to bless you. No. Repent just means turn away. <laughs> turn away from that and go back to God. That, that's repenting. You don't got to pay a price. You don't got to feel bad. You don't have to feel foolish. You just line up your thinking with God and what he's telling you to do. And God is telling every one of us 
to do something different. You look at the apostles, they all had a different call in their life. You look at, you know, Paul and the people that he had helping him. They all, he needed everyone to do something different to help him in his ministry. You know, praise God, this church has a lot of opportunities for people to serve. Ask God where you should be serving. That's a novel thought. Well, 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 I know Susie Q, she's really busy and she's got this and she's got that, but, 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 and I need to help her. Well, guess what, ha- guess what can happen in that situation? You can stretch yourself so thin that you, you'll miss what God is calling you to do. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't do things, and it doesn't mean out of, out of love. Okay, if you're acting out of love, love is good. <laughs> You know, love is good. So if you see a brother and sister struggling and they could use some help, help them. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with love. You know, I'm not saying don't love your neighbor, don't love. But see, I believe this. This God who is our great I am, our great provider, he sees a need before I can. And if I trust him, which I do, I can trust that he is going to bring someone in to take care of that need. But I can tell you what happens sometimes. There's a need, and so you got this really excited person that wants to help, and they're in over their head. They're getting stressed out, okay? And then the right person comes in, but you don't want to hurt this person because they were so glad that they helped, you know? And this, this huge thing, you know, comes up. And it's a mess because we're not listening to the Spirit. The Spirit can orchestrate everything. Jesus knew exactly when to knock Paul down. We could look at it and say, well, why did he let him kill those Christians? You know? We could look at things, and and we don't have to know because I tell you one thing I do know. My God knows everything. And that's what I trust. When I start questioning what he has done, that's a fox. Now, you know, now, now I'm not saying you don't question what some other people do, you know, but you don't got to question what God does. You, you, how can you think that God loves my church more than I do? How can I think... I mean, how can I think I love the church more than God does? How can I think I love my children more than God does? You see, it it sounds stupid when you say it that way. God's love is so pure, we don't understand it. His knowledge and wisdom is so vast that it will take us a lifetime to comprehend. I can tell you this. It's so funny. The more I learn the more I realize how much I don't know. But you know what? That's okay. So I don't impress you guys with great knowledge. <laughs> Who am I trying to impress? I can't fool God. <laughs> I can't fool myself. You know. You can do a lot, you know, and, I, and, and when you start focusing on yourself, it's kind of funny, I share that Joy knows this, I hate my voice. I hate listening to myself. 
I, you know, it, the first thing, a couple weeks ago, I forgot the man who, who taught. My first thought was, oh, he's got a good voice. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I found myself getting a little bit jealous of why, you know, because <laughs> I know I have a call, but I don't sound, you know, that, that just that voice, that powerful, you know, radio voice. I can't get distracted by that stupid stuff. And if you think about it, Moses wasn't a good speaker. And I think even Paul writes some letters and says, you know, <laughs> you know, when you see me in person, <laughs> it's not as impressive as my letters, you know. So why am I? That, that's just a lie. That's something to kind of try to get you to shut up, not say things. And, I, and so I want to just encourage all of y'all that don't let the enemy distract you. And I want to go through a few scriptures because I, I, I didn't go through them. But when we were talking about the scriptures and it talks about, you know, um, I, want, I want to cover the lion aspect of it. You know, the word says that he roars like a lion seeking who he can devour. We read that. And, I, and that just got me thinking, okay, how loud is a lion? You look it up. <laughs> a great thing you can do. A lion is about 114 decimals loud. Okay, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. Okay, so what does that mean? It's about twice as loud as a, as a, as a, as a, um, a lawnmower. That's loud. A rock concert is 120 decibels. So Paul is saying, you know, think about it. You know, I, I always thought about when you hear the lion's roar, you're afraid because you know the lion can hurt you physically. He's talking about the roar. The roar in our minds. Those lies can get so loud that we can't hear what the Lord is trying to tell us. So he's not just talking about the harm that he can do to you. He is talking about the roar itself. And we can allow that roar, those lies, the only one that can stop those things in our head is us with the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, with God's power. But as long as we let the roar go on, it's going to go on. I remember when I was at Bible college, there was a teacher, and I can't remember who it was, and he had a, he was a, Joy might know this, who it was, but he was, he was talking to the Lord and there was this demon making some noise. And finally he said, you know, like, why don't you shut this demon up? <laughs> and the Lord said, why don't you? Well, the Holy Spirit, why don't you? See, we, we, we expect for God to do a whole lot more, but he's given it to us. You know, Jesus, he said, I'm going to leave you, okay, but I'm going to give you a comforter. <laughs> So Jesus, he's up there. He's not coming down here and laying hands on the sick. We are his body. He has given the authority to us to cast out demons. He has given the authority to us to, to step on demons. You know, I want to be like, I, what I want to do, I've got this image, okay, the light has come on in Karen, and I want those demons to scatter like roaches. And as they're trying to scatter away, I want to hear the crunch. Yeah, they better run. Okay, you came in. This hole was plugged up. You can't come back there no more because I know who I am in Christ. Okay, 
God told me to be vigilant and sober, and I'm vigilant and sober. Yeah, buddy, I'm here now. It's kind of like that ring. Someone rings on your door, I can talk to them. I'll talk to them. Why won't I talk to the devil? You know, not now. I love it, Roy. He, he said on Sunday he was having arthritis in his knees. He spoke to those knees. He didn't wait to get to church. He spoke to them. Now, I don't want to discourage someone from coming up and getting prayed for. All of us can speak to our needs, but there are some times that we need help. You know, Paul, and I won't go to the scripture because I've got to wrap it up here, but Paul, you've heard the thorn, he had a thorn in his side. And, and he said he had, he had asked God three times to remove that thorn. You know, a thorn is not, I mean, he, he didn't say I had a little, a little splinter. He had a thorn. That means it was painful. And it was probably people, you know. But, but because we, I, I, that's in the rest, rest of my, my lesson. But I just want to point this out. Paul had to be vigilant. So some, something snuck its way in. Paul had to be vigilant. And Paul had to pray about it. The word tells us to ask for help. So if you're in a situation and you say, okay, I know something's wrong, I don't know what it is, or maybe you know what it is, and it's the same thing you've been dealing with forever, go to a trustworthy person and have them pray with you. Don't sit there in your misery because you don't know how to get up. The church has different people in the church to help minister to the church. That's one of the benefits of the church. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to go to our pastor. I don't want to discourage you from going to him. But there are other qualified people that can help you. And like the pastor said, it's not us doing it. It is the Holy Spirit. It is his power. And we can't take credit for what he does anyway. So I want to encourage you, don't just sit there. Any little thing that you, that you, that you're, that you, have, you have going on, and I want to close with this, and I've got to find it, because I, I like the way I wrote it. And um, it's in my, sec, my second ending. So I just want to ask this question. I want you to ask yourself this question. Has the devil been harassing you about any particular thing? Big or small. Remember, it's the small things that can cause a lot of problems. Termites can tear down a house. You know? Are you tired of this? And if you're not, ask God to wake you up because you should be tired of it. You know, we should be. You know, you might be so tired you don't know. That just, that's, that's just how things are. I'm always tired. I've always been tired. No, that's not how God designed us. He didn't design us to be tired. And if so, it is time to stand up, throw back your shoulders, and command the enemy to leave in the name of Jesus. And then be determined and watchful to not let it come back. You can be sure the enemy is going to try to come back if we just do a little patchwork. Or no patchwork. So I want to say it again. It is time to stand up, throw back your shoulders, and command the enemy to leave. The enemy has no, no rights to torment any of God's people. 
The enemy has no authority. Jesus took that away from him. Don't settle for half. And it's not greedy to want it all. Because God has an abundance. I want God to fill me to the rim. So I'm praying right now for, my, for our minds, Lord. Lord, we just lift our minds and our wills and our emotions up to you, Lord. Show us. Show us what needs to just shine light in those areas. And Father, give us the strength and the power and the knowledge and the wisdom to deal with those issues right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you all for listening.